Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the broadcast. I'm your co-host Rachel Meadows, Head of Proposition for Pensions and Savings at Broadstone and I'm joined by my co-host David Brooks, Head of Policy at Broadstone. We are absolutely delighted to be joined by our guest today, Margaret Snowden, OBE. Margaret certainly needs no introduction as she's one of the most recognised people in the pensions industry, having held senior level positions at a number of providers and financial services companies. Today, we're asking Margaret to don her scams hat and speak to us about all things scams, given that she chairs the Pension Scams Industry Group, aka PSIG. Welcome, Margaret. How are you doing? Thanks. No, it's it's good to be here and um, I love the opportunity to talk about scams. Um, The only thing I would say is how long do you have? Um, (laughs) Because I could probably, uh, well, I can certainly talk for Britain (laughs) on on the subject. But um, but yeah, no, very, very happy to be here. Thank thank you for asking me. Great. No, thank you. Well, we have so many, like you said, we have so many questions. Um, So I'm I was I was going through earlier trying to sort of structure it and trying to create kind of a bit of a, a flow to this and I couldn't help but thinking this might be part one of two. I'm not holding you to it, Margaret, but maybe part let's see how we go, because like you say, there's such a massive, massive topic. But I was just kind of interested in what made you first start thinking about scams. Um I think maybe when they were called liberations or you know, trust busting back in the day. Yeah. Was that when was that? When did you first start thinking the industry needed to do a bit more? To fight this, right? I think I mean it's it's going back such a long such a long time, but um, but yeah, I I I thought there's a problem here, um, and it was around people transferring out and um, you know, not going to safe places, um, and then finding all sorts of other jeopardy, and you know, it was very difficult. And I'm I'm going back to something like 2012. Um, and it was so difficult to get attention from anybody about scams because well, pensions tends to be complex, pensions tends to be a little bit boring, but it's it's something out there for the future and it's not something that really had a lot of attention. Um, but nevertheless, there was a lot of scamming going on and you're right, at that time, it was mainly liberation um, work which allowed people to transfer somewhere where they could get access to cash early. Um, All very understandable, um, but nobody really knew what it was and nobody really knew what to do about it. And um, so I decided that perhaps given I'd already looked at industry practice on incentive exercises and various other things, that um, wouldn't it be useful to try and do something to help the industry identify scams, appreciate a scams risk. And and I, 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 I set up the group PSIG um, as a voluntary group, which it remains. And um, we decided that the best thing to do was to write a code. Um, and who knows what would happen once we created a code. And I think my original dream was that um, everything would be sorted in a few years and I could go on and do something else. Um, and, you know, it must be something like nine years later, um, I'm still here and we still still have a scams problem, um, mm. which is disappointing. But, you know, I'm always hopeful that we'll end up. But we we decided to um, to write the code and it, it was it was well received. Um, and you know we, we've we've sort of changed it um, several times to try and you know keep it up to date, 
Um, but that's a bit of a battle as well. Um, and, you know, we would like to do more things than just write a code. Um, and, you know, we sometimes think other people also try to write guidance and codes and is there too much of it? So those sort of things go um, around our heads. But, um, but what we're aiming for is to help the industry um, to help members. And, um, you know, sometimes that's popular, sometimes it isn't popular. It does come with problems. But um, but as I'm sure we'll we'll talk about um, later, there are other things that, um, you know, PSIG would like to do. Well, that was, I was going to come to that first, really. You know, so we had the code, as you referred to, sort of 2015. I think the last yeah. update was April 21, I think. Yeah, that was the last, last yeah. update. So what So what's next? Yeah, you said you there's things you want to do. I'd be interested to know what if you can tell yeah. us what, what's well, on the agenda. The, what what we planned to do, well, we planned lots of things actually. We just hoped we'd get money to be able to do it. But um so far, um, no joy. And we, we can talk a little bit about that as well if you're interested. But um yeah. but yeah, we we thought what we'd like to do is um update the code when new regulations were coming in because we, we fought very hard to get legislation through because, you know, no matter how well-intentioned we all were to try and, you know, protect people, there was still this thing called the statutory right to transfer. There still is, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and it was absolute. Um, so even if you thought something was an, an absolute scam, there was nowhere to go and nobody helped you, nobody gave you a safe harbour. So this was to try and um, establish good practice, which makes it safer for everybody um, because it's common practice. So we wanted to update it when the regulations were coming out um, and we were ready to go and we were ready to launch a new code just shortly after the regulations when just before the regulations came out, we spotted there were a couple of, you know, real flaws, um, which made it extremely difficult. The, the regulations came out um, anyway, and we just couldn't publish our code um, because basically it was saying, um, you know, you can do these things, but actually in the law, you couldn't. Mm. So um, so we thought, well, what are we going to do? We tried to lobby to have changes. And we also thought, well, what we'll do is we'll produce a guide um, which says these are the issues, these are the risks, this is how you can deal with it, your choice, um, try and make it as sensible as possible. And we'll wait for um, regulations to be um, smartened up a little bit. Um, and lo and behold, here we are more than a year later and we still haven't been able to issue the guidance. Um, and it really is because it's a, an absolute dilemma. And what we see in PSIG is exactly what everybody else sees, you know, lots of conflict. And if you do this thing, you know, it could lead to that um, consequence. So, so, but the good news is um, we're almost there. Um, the final version is about to go out, um, you know, to regulators, etc., to have a, a look at it. Mm. And hopefully we will get some support for it, which will help people with confidence. So, so that will be coming out. Once we get changes in the regulations, we'll issue uh, what we hope is a final code um, that will set, set us you know, up for the next um, five years. But um, in addition to the code, we also have the Pension Scams Industry Forum, which is a, a, a bit of a talking shop 
but it's an opportunity for people to share intelligence because it's one thing we haven't been able to get from authorities or whatever it is, is something definitive that says these guys are good, these guys are not good mm. um, because everybody's so scared of being sued. Um, and, you know, it's it's quite scary. You know, you feel sometimes like piggy in the middle. But um, but we have that forum um, and our ambition is to supplement that by a database. So that there is somewhere for pensions practitioners to go to see if people have expressed concern about a particular scheme, a particular individual. Um, and because it's all um, on open source data, um, it's not that we're going down rabbit holes and trying to get um, police intelligence and, you know, we're not MI5. Um, so it really is just an opportunity to see what the industry um, is, is finding um, and we'll deal with any out, fallout from that, which is no doubt scammers coming and tell us how dare we put them, mm. you know, on our database. Well, if they can prove that, that we're wrong, we'll remove that information from the database quite simple that's how yeah. data protection yeah. um, works so we'd uh, would like to do that we've been distracted recently for obvious reasons but um but we we now have um a company from the industry who's um said oh i'm, I'm quite interested in this perhaps you know we can do some civic good here and um, and help you build a database um so everybody's getting a bit interested in this now um so uh, so fingers crossed we can get somewhere um with that but um but we also continue to lobby for change we also um you know we're working with TPR and enforcement and other um, groups to try and further things like support for victims and non-legislative um, solutions. So uh, we're busy. We keep, we keep going. It sounds it. I mean, I've been involved in some of those um, industry forum meetings. And I think one of the issues, you know, the database sounds, sounds great, but we do have the issue where people will say, oh, I've heard of this firm and says anybody else we're not entirely comfortable with the way they're giving you their advice or approaching members we talk to the fca and the fca say yeah they're probably you know everyone can sort of tell they're probably not doing it right but pinning it down to one particular thing they're doing wrong enough to them to get them into trouble it's such such a tricky such it a is. tricky one Oh, just... Absolutely. And um, we struggle with that all the time. Mm. Um, and again, it's because everybody's trying to, you know, cover their butts, if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah, um, no, you can. You know, and, 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 and it is that. Uh, mm. We're all kind of scared, but we know, and, and in our bones, we know something's not right. Mm. So what we need to be able to do is feel safe enough to, you know, our comfort, if you like, because other people have maybe spotted those same concerns. And what it what it does is it gives you a tool to talk to a member and mm. say, are you really sure about this? Because, you know, there could be a risk. And at the end of the day, you know, members have a choice yeah. um, and they have to exercise that, that choice. But what we want to do is to be able to help them as much as possible. But you know, at the end of the day, you can't accuse somebody publicly of being a scammer um, without evidence. And the way we work is you'll never have evidence mm. because we work with suspicions. We don't work, you know, 
you know, with actual scams. We're not the police and we're not the FCA, um, where you can see real stuff going through, you know, the process. Um, but even they can't talk about things that are going through a process. So, um, so the best we can do is say, we have concerns. Yeah, I think um, that's quite powerful because a few years ago, I'm sure you remember, there's the Panorama programme, which was talking about, I think it was Cape Verde or something. I think yeah. I can't remember the name of the firm exactly. Pension Review Group or Resort Group or something like that. Some combination yeah. of those names. And we had, you know, the next day I emailed around our administrators and said, did you see Panorama last night? Do we have any transfers? And we had three or four going through yeah. with this company and, yeah. and our administrators could ring up the members and say, basically, did you watch Panorama last night? If you didn't, we recommend you watch it yeah. because we think you might be stung by this. And all those transfers could stop. Now, I, yeah. know, I don't know for sure whether anything illegal was happening, but it certainly didn't look look good. And yeah. um, so perhaps if you can help those conversations, like you say, for us to be able to speak to members and say, yeah. look, the, the industry is worried about this advisor or this this destination. You know, tick, you might take all the boxes, but yeah, give them a chance to think just, again. Just just think again. And it's yeah, it's, it's the, the regulator and FCA have both um, supported that on the basis that what you're trying to do is slow down. Um, you know, people's thinking process, um, because there are lots of compulsive buyers, even of pensions. Um, so you, you just need to be, you know, careful and help people to think a little bit more. Uh, but of course, we've also got to balance that with how quickly we can get transfers done, um, mm. because, you know, we get hammered from all points of industry as well, because transfers are slowed down by, you know, sort of perhaps overzealous caution. Um, and, you know, we'd need to get the balance right. And, mm. you know, PSIG has always maintained, based on our early research in 2018, 2019, um, that there were few real scams. Um, and our job is to try and prevent scams. It's not to try and stop people doing something that's unwise. Um, and it's not trying to say, you know, that advice isn't the best advice for you. That That's not our job. We're trying to stop people losing their shirts to a scammer. Um, so, you know, we need to get a balance and we say, you know, roughly 5% of all transfers, and there are lots of transfers, 5% um, are likely to be a problem, which means 95% aren't. Um, and the regulations, in a sense, will attempt to recognise that, but you sometimes have to make wording that also reflects that. Mm. Rachel, did you want to ask? Sorry. Uh, yes, well, uh, I was just going to ask on that, actually, that... I mean, when it comes to trust in providers, when you know you're trying to issue safeguarding warnings or prompt members to ask sensible questions and wait, do you think there's more that the government and that regulators can do around the rhetoric that they sometimes use to encourage members to have more trust in their pension provider, not to view it as a as an unhelpful barrier? You know, if if these red flags are raised. Yeah, the short answer is obviously yes. Um, but the biggest assistance I think we could get would be from media um, mm -hmm. and media spreading the message that, you know, companies don't want to hold on to your money unnecessarily um, and they're not allowed to under the law, but there is a problem. And if flags are identified, you should pay attention. Um, so, so media is much more powerful than a regulator. Um, so, you know, that, that's where I would put my attention. Um, and I would love it 
if TV programmes, radio programmes, social media generally would actually pick up that theme and um, and refer to it. Um, so yeah. that would be my solution is, is rather than relying on regulators um, who, you know, aren't front of mind um, with members, but, um, but social media is. Mm. I think you're absolutely right. And I think maybe as well as things like documentaries and newspaper articles, it might even be that it's, you know, popular TV shows and soaps that maybe incorporate scams yeah. into their storylines. And, you know, I guess if there is any script writers out there, come and talk to the industry about the technical help you might need to find out yeah. what does go wrong. Yeah, and one of the sort of odd things is, you know, it, we've had, um, you know, one of the soaps, you know, with a, a scam story, somebody being scammed, but people look at that with, you know, some some sort of, you know, well, I'm better than them, you know, so it's, it's a bit of schadenfreude, you know, in a sense. Mm. I yeah. wouldn't fall for that. How can that idiot character, you know, be fooled? Um, and then five minutes later, they are fooled um, mm. because more than 50% of people don't spot a, a scam. So so sometimes you've got to get the right programme and, and something like, um, you know, a panorama, you know, coming out with something that's credible. Mm. Yes. Yes. I mean, you're talking about people thinking I wouldn't get scammed, but then I was going to mention some scam spot survey stats from October last year, which were actually jaw dropping, you know, saying mm. that nearly 50 percent of people would take up a free pension review when we know that's a really rich uh, source of of, uh, of of people to be scammed. And yeah. people just don't understand pensions. I mean, we don't want to get I don't want to get sidetracked too much by the whole member engagement discussion, because that is, is in itself a, a massive topic. I was talking to yes. someone yesterday about how. You know, we talk about risk in pensions and sometimes we're talking about investment risk and, you know, the risk of not getting the, your pension that you want. And that's more like volatility, not necessarily risk. The risk of your pension is is a scam and that's a real risk. And that's a language that people can understand. But, you know, the, the worry is that we're are we are we losing? I know you're saying five percent of transfers are scams. But are we losing the fight? Are we winning the fight? Can we do Do we not know? I don't know. What, what do you feel? Are we winning or losing? I mean, I wish I knew the answer to that. Um, I, I think we're winning rather than losing, mm. but it's it's a bit of a, a zero-sum game in a sense um, because scammers are there among us and they always will be. Um, so so what I've said with pension scams is, is I want scammers to go and look elsewhere um, because it's not realistic that suddenly scammers will become honest people. It's just not going to happen. Um, so divert them onto something else. And to some extent that's happened um, because there are fewer pension scams. Doesn't mean people don't make mistakes and you know do the wrong thing, but um, there are fewer pension scams per se, fewer liberation scams, not gone, but fewer, but you know, it's popped up in the investment space now and there are lots of investment opportunities. And, you know, while pension freedom is a good thing, people have the freedom to take their money and put it anywhere they like. Um, and lo and behold, you know, scammers are standing at the end of the road waiting for them. In fact, they're coming to their house, you know, rather than waiting at the end of the street. So, so you know, you, you move it into something else. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd say during during the COVID and now the cost of living crisis, we've got fewer 
people asking for transfer values. Um, and that's because they've got other things on their mind. And lo and behold, the scammers also have other things on their mind, which is cost of living scams. Bitcoin scams, you know, that it's just it's just absolutely everywhere. It's it's really quite it's quite scary. In fact, I jokingly say, but it is quite serious. But um, if we wanted to improve our GDP, then we wouldn't do badly to hook into all those scammers and have them as our national industry. It really is appalling um, how they quickly turn their, their minds to relieving people of their of their money. And people are desperate. And as soon as somebody wants something, and if they want something urgently, they'll go to various lengths to get it. So, you know, we, we need to change the environment, um, you know, if we want to get rid of, of scammers. And I, I wrote some time ago about Sweden and how um, Sweden doesn't have the same problem with scamming. And that's because, you know, neighbours you know, would call it out. So mm. if somebody did something that was a bit scammy, they would be shunned. Um, you know, so, so there's a there's more openness, more transparency, um, and more respect, in a sense. Um, so we would need to change our um, our society a little bit. And um, I'm afraid, PSIG, that's a little bit beyond <laughs> our period. Yes. Choose your battles. <laughs> Indeed. Um. I was just going to ask about um, the regulator as well. The pensions regulator obviously relaunched their action plan over the summer, mm -hmm. um, and I do, I do, I do worry about the regulator a little bit you know, because they launched their pledge a few years ago, and they seem to have tried to relaunch it again. It doesn't yeah. seem to have really quite hit home. I was quite a fan of it, and a, a, yeah. most most of the schemes I worked on signed up pretty quickly. Yeah. There seems to be a reticence, and and also. A, a confusion about the responsibility. Some trustees were saying, "Well, oh, this is the administrator's responsibility, not mine." And the trustee and the administrator were saying, "Well, ultimately, it's your responsibility, not ours." And then we sort of got into this sort of, you know, stalemate, and then no one yeah. really, really took it forward. Is, is, was that is that your sense of what happened with the pledge? And I don't yeah, know how we can yeah. make it. I think I think you're quite right, actually. Um, it's a great idea, um, but it's just another thing um, for people to do. I, I've like the idea certainly in its concept because it's schemes standing up and saying we're going to you know look at you if you're a scammer um mm. so 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 i like that idea but it's it's just not a badge that's been picked up and it um in a sense it doesn't have anything behind it anyway um you know it's good intention and i think mm. that's a great start but the ambition when, you know, we, PSIG, um, worked on it originally with TPR was to move it into an accreditation mm. scheme where, and the idea was that um, schemes that become accredited on scams prevention would be seen as good guys and get more of a, a, a fair hearing, if you like, if anything was to go wrong. So it was a bit of a badge saying, you know, I'm on board you know, with protecting my members, beware, um, but get a bit of a, a safe haven out of it. Um, and nobody's prepared to give anybody a safe haven haven um, because, you know, someday it might go wrong. And you know, that's, in a sense, some of the stuff we need to try and battle. It's, it's, it's almost 
you know, you need to, well, and it's not wrong, but um, you need to be proven without doubt that you're a scammer. Um, and that takes a hell of a lot of effort. And in the meantime, we dance around the handbags um, a little yeah. bit. So, so, so yes, um, you know, I would, I would love to do a lot of things that are positive, but it's often quite dangerous. Yeah. And I suppose one of our next hopes for some scam protection was going to be the online safety bill, but now paid for adverts like free pension reviews are being picked up by the digital culture, media and sport department. It feels like a bit of a missed opportunity to cut the scammers off at source. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a shame, actually. Um, I can understand it um, because there is a huge problem with online harm. Um, and the priority has always been to protect children, um, you know, protect against um, terrorism, etc. And I, I do totally get that. But we fought very hard to get financial harm recognised as an online harm. Um, but I, I think the, the bill was being held a little bit to ransom and it wouldn't get through um, if it continued to um, focus on that. I mean, it still, it still does um, put some duty on the larger platforms um, you know, to to take down illegal content um, and also to, you know, look at those adverts. But it's more a get them to do it voluntarily. And, um, you know, Google, I think, has you know, stood up and said, you know, we're going to do that. Haven't seen a big change um, in the effect, but, you know, these things take time. But, um, but DCMS will, I'm quite sure, um, come out with something. But we've we've also got to remember that, you know, there's a lot of money in financial adverts, whether they're legal or they're not, whether they're honest and true or not. Um, and that's that's something we need to to deal with. Um, and the only way to deal that with that is to, in a sense intervene with the providers and they don't like that and we get the um the freedom of speech argument all the time which you know i'm a big fan of and i get it but um but it's again us trying to be good guys all the time and yeah. you know what happens is rogues take advantage of that good nature yes mm. and i think freedom of speech and freedom of choice you know obviously it's very aspirational but you do need a certain level of financial literacy and financial competence when it comes to decision making to be able to actually utilise those freedoms, don't you? Absolutely. And um, that was the, the flaw with um, pension freedom was, you know, giving freedom without the wherewithal to treat it sensibly. And the original plan um, was to introduce financial education but that was dropped. Um, but the freedom, which was a philosophical um, proposition, you know, came to the fore very quickly. It's a wonderful sound, sound bite. Um, not that saying annuities are awful things was a was a particularly good thing um, to say. But um, but yeah, that was it was it was well intentioned and it was meant to happen, but it didn't. But we we've got some of the lowest, um, you know literacy in financial matters, maths uh, and arithmetic. And to be honest, 
if we addressed some of that, which is hard, um, if we addressed some of that, we would improve, you know, the outlook um, for scans. But, you know, that's a generational change um, and we've got to be farsighted um, enough to do that. Mm. Yeah, that's all the, the mass thing, but it's, I think, I, I, I mean, I think Rachel's got the question um, later on, but there is also sort of how we do communicate. I didn't want to get into engagement. Sorry, I will get a question and a sentence out in a second. But it's just this sort of, yeah, how do we talk to people and make pensions or investments or anything like this sort of a realistic thing? Because this is where the scammers make their, you know, make their mark. They stay, they prey on the fear, they prey on the confusion. You know, so we had the LDI, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, the interest rates doing what they did, pension schemes were going bust, all this sort of stuff last year. You know, if I was a, someone with a sort of a scam mindset, that would have been manner to heaven for my marketing mm. material. You know, your pension scheme is going to go bust. You, know, you transfer out as soon as you can sort of thing. And it's just how people can, how we can educate people to understand that a pension is is good and will provide you with some income, but it isn't, it isn't magic. Mm. You can't do more. You know, the, the too good to be true thing. If you don't have no frame of reference, how do you understand yeah. the too good to be true part of that of that? you know sales yeah. pitch from a from a scammer and it's a yeah. bit like as well sort of um health you kind of get health scammers as well who's you know pretend they're they can heal you of, of any ill because they spend time with you more time than a gp would yeah. you know they can they can sit down with you and and, and sell their snake oil to you if we have that same sort of problem of people just get sucked in by things through their own ignorance of what the truth yeah. is and, and not waking up to it i don't know how it's, we can get around that it's 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 true but um one of the difficulties, and I'll come back to um, social media and mainstream media, there, it's, it's great to give negative messages about pensions because that sells. Um, yeah. You know, nobody wants the happy story about how, how, you know, people who've got workplace pensions, you know, do better, how people who've got some, you know, background in finance do better. We, we, we don't hear any of that good stuff. Yeah. And if we did hear some of the good stuff, there wouldn't be the same space. Um, for scammers, and I try to to say that, you know, administrators should be closer to their customers um, rather than this kind of strange, anonymous, um, I'll send you a letter that you don't understand, you know, once a year. Um, and when you phone me up, you have to wait in the phone for a long time. And, you know, then I don't give you an answer because I'm scared I might, you know, give you financial advice by mistake. Um, we need to reverse that a, a little bit. And I would, I, I would like to see, you know, people or providers emulating some of the scam tactics, which is get close, persuade, soothe, comfort, promise, um, you know, be the mate. But, you know, administrators aren't people's mates. But maybe, maybe there is a way that can be that can be done. But it does cost money. And, um, you know, when you're racing to the bottom on um, operational costs, you know, it's the it's the customer contact that tends to suffer a little bit. Yeah, I think that's absolutely relevant, isn't it? And even even I guess going back to the idea of government rhetoric, you know, we've got all sorts of requirements around value and DC charge caps and talking about rip off charges. But yeah. that that reduction in charge isn't always the aspirational way to go, is it? Sometimes quality does yeah. cost what it costs. Yeah. I mean, I suppose a lot of 
I was just going to say we've, we've been on the value for money journey for several years um, and we still can't we can't resolve that. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying not to make myself depressed, actually, at how far we've still got <laughs> oh, to <no>. go. <laughs> Well, let, let's think proactively then, because I suppose when coming back to our podcast, a lot of our audience are trustees and sponsoring employers of pension schemes or advisors uh, to those schemes. What are the practical things that we can all do then? I mean, it's well, I, I could actually say um, read the guidance when it comes out from PSIG. Um, look at the PSIG code while it's not been updated. It does give some some good hints and tips, but but it does come back down to communication. Um, sorry, David, it does come back around to communication. But if you regularly tell people the, the state of affairs, um, then the message will actually go home. Um, so communication, uh, being prepared to talk to people honestly um, is, is the answer. And, and one of my other ambitions going back probably as far as scams was to have administrators better qualified to talk to people about guidance, um, not financial advice, but be able to talk to them about options. And we're a bit scared of going down that route um, in case, again, you know, we have conflicts of interest um, and we have people who get it wrong. So so we, we kind of miss opportunities by our, you know, discomfort that we might disadvantage somebody at some point and um, we're, we're not really brave enough and I think a bit of courage is sometimes sometimes needed. I like that idea of just yeah the administrators being a bit of courage to to say say how they see it you know and have that conversation because yeah. like you say only five percent of them are scams some of them just might not be in the best interest yeah. but having that conversation let's take a second let's not be in a rush i know again you were talking before about time scales and not wanting to yeah. hold people's money to ransom and and use these yeah. flags inappropriately some people get accused of that yeah i think taking that courage to yeah to have that have that have a second with the, with the person yeah, yeah that's good so if you could build your really, oh sorry Rachel so I was just going to say just before we moved on I suppose it's a really good time as well to be talking about what scheme administrators can do in terms of communications because everyone's looking at consumer duty and what changes to their communications are required so if if you're looking at your communications it's the perfect time to try to make sure they're also transparent enough to help people avoid scams as well isn't it yeah and the more that message is given um, in a nice way you know, the better. Um, and, you know, there are a couple of nice little videos out there that yeah. um, that are available to um, to people to have a look at. And it brings it, it doesn't, it, it's not deep and it's not, you know, the end, the, the final answer, but, um, yeah. but anything that just makes it simple um, to people, you know, plug away at that simplicity. Scammers are out there to get your money, make sure you're not caught. Um, you know, if it's too good to be true, it is too good to be true and don't be caught by it um, and don't be pressured. You know, if somebody tries to pressure you, um, you know, they, it's their interest they're serving, not yours. Um, but nice, simple messages. It's a bit like, you know, the just say no campaign um, or the eat five a day. You know, eat five a day was complete rubbish, but um, but it caught on because it was nice and simple and it did do good because it made yes. people 
eat more fruit and vegetables. So it was actually good, but it, it was actually just plucked out of thin air. Maybe we can do something similar with um, pensions and scams. Yeah, that's a challenge. A challenge for the listeners, I think, to come up yeah. with that little slogan. Ideas on a postcard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, that's old hat, isn't it? No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. We can bring it back for the, for the posties, for the posties, get them doing something. Yeah. Um, actually, the, uh, the next question was that I had on my list, which was probably going to be the last one, really, was to a bit of an open one for you, Margaret, about what your perfect scam defence was. But it feels like this whole conversation has been, you know, you telling us how to how to do it. You know, your yeah. perfect scam defence would involve, you know, clear, honest communications with people, you know, better education for people to understand what's out there yeah. and, and what what a scam looks like is there any any other what you know what would be your perfect I, I, toolkit I would, yeah i think i would my, my perfect scam solution would be people who are skeptical um you know rather than accepting that a nice person or somebody who looks nice on the outside um couldn't possibly do you wrong um you know if, if people just stood back for a second and said, why is he approaching me? Why has he offered me that? You know, it's, um, you know, it would go a long way. Um, mm. but, but unfortunately, we don't have people like that. People want to believe a good thing. They want mm. it to be true um, so badly that they'll go down avenues that um, end up not being the right one. So, so a bit of a bit of scepticism um, in you know casual approaches about pensions or reading those adverts would be would be good. Mm. It's human nature, though, isn't it? It is. It feels difficult. We all want we all want the best. We're all at heart optimists. So maybe the answer is, like we say, just make it make life as hard as possible for the, the scammers. Yeah. And I do think, you know, if, we, if it's not in this online safety bill, then maybe a future bit of legislation just to try and cut off. You know, I do think the cold call thing has worked, you know, as a, yeah. as a slogan as well. You know, we do use it a lot with our, with yeah. our members. If you if someone call, calls you out the blue, just hang up. You know, yeah. That's highly unlikely to be in your best interest. We don't even say that, just say, just hang up. Just you know, hang up. Because it's not going to be in your best interest. And that's an easy one. Again, don't click on a pre-pension review. That should be the next thing we should be able to say to people. Just don't click on it. Yeah. Just, it's just not going to be in your best interest. Because yeah. no legitimate business would would, would work oh, that exactly, way. Exactly. So, but we, we, need, we need also for legitimate businesses to get some better press so mm. that, you know, they're not they're not seen as the bet noir um you know that would certainly help but um but just messages coming up online you know popping up and saying do you really want to go down this line um because it might be an unsafe when you see unsafe connections um warnings coming up it would be quite good if people would just have this think about it um message but yeah i mean it's it's very difficult and as i said at the beginning, um, scammers are always going to be with us. They'll always find something. Pensions are too complicated. Um, I would like to see genuine simplification of pensions, um, simpler explanations of pensions. We're back onto this communications thing again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it would it would help people mm. not to be fearful um, and not to be easily persuaded that something's right when it when it isn't. But scammers are very clever. Um, if if they weren't, we'd never fall for it. Mm. Yeah, I'm not against communication. 
Margaret. I think it was I think it was the word engagement I don't like. Because oh, right. okay. no, it doesn't no. good. So I'm, I'm, no, it's okay. It's okay. I don't I'm want to get that, that reputation of Dave yeah. hates Dave hates communication. No, no, I think it's good. It's just that <laughs> phrase engagement. And I think, you know, and I was I was talking to a friend yesterday, you know, about this. If if we have engagement that's that's with a goal, not mm-hmm. just whatever because no one because it means different things to different people, what engagement for members is. If our goal yeah. is <clears throat> excuse me, if our goal is don't get scammed then I think the communication that comes out from that is much clearer and has that goal in mind rather than just a general, because some people want people sitting on their sofas every evening, looking at their pension and upping their contributions and you know, things that aren't realistic. I think the yeah. realistic goal is protect people from being scammed. I think that's a realistic goal that the pension industry yeah. can achieve. And if that's engagement our goal. With, engagement with a purpose, yeah. um, I think yes. is what you're describing. And, yeah. and I completely agree with that. But I also say if people could trust completely trust their pension companies engagement becomes less important in a sense Mm. because the right thing will happen without interference and messages i'm having to come across and i've contradicted myself because i I would like us to be nice guys and talk to our customers (laughs) but that's not that's for the sake of building trust and Mm. it's the trust that's needed Um, and then we don't need to worry about whether people are sitting in their sofas looking at their pension statements every five minutes they can watch something more interesting Mm. yeah trust trust is a massive thing i do i've I've always found it odd in the independent industry we don't because of the negative headlines we don't have that trust like banks you know we'll all remember the credit crunch and banks were hated by everybody you may not like them but you still trusted them you still yeah. trusted that you went to the ATM, your money would be there. You trusted them that they would still pay your direct debits and and take your pay your your payslip in. But we don't seem to have that same level of trust with pensions as a concept, as a thing. You know, I talked talk to friends in the pub, and you know, I've recently become a father again. The NCT dads, and we were sort of chatting about pensions, and half of them are just like, I don't even have a pension because I don't trust it. I don't like them. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you yeah. still have this kind of. And there's a few of us are in the pension industry, and we're like, no, no, come on. You know, we try to talk them round, but they're just like, no, pension's bad, and that's just outrageous, I really. I, it's scary. But there's there there is also a difference, um, yes, in the banking environment because banks are very firmly on the hook if things go wrong. Um, you know, pension companies aren't so much on the hook. Um, if some scammer wanders off with somebody's pension, um, you know, there, there isn't a, a make good clause. Um, and that's why prevention is always better. Um, and But it does, doesn't necessarily make us popular. But we need to combat the messages, you know, that scammers use that, um, you know, trustees and providers just want to hold on to your money as long as possible. And people, that's a credible message. People believe that's the case. Mm. Okay. So, Dave, have you got any more questions before we try to bust our myth? No. Let's, let's bust the myth. I know. I know. There's all sorts of things that we could keep on asking about. Um, <laughs> but every episode, we try to tackle a pensions myth of the month, and I think our conversation today has led very naturally uh, to the following myth. So, Margaret, would you help us bust uh, today's myth, which is that a scam is easy to spot? <laughs> if only it was. Um, <laughs> if it was easy to spot, um, you know, more than fifty percent of really sensible people 
um, would identify them. Um, if they were easy to spot, we could call them out straight away. Um, and if they were easy to spot, we wouldn't need to issue guidance to the industry, trying to find all sorts of clever ways to um, point to the solution. So, so unfortunately, scammers are very clever, very credible, um, very believable, nice guys, wouldn't harm a fly. Um, you know, they're not easy to spot at all. Some of them are. Um, and, you know, you see, I, I, I pointed to one recently, which was Elon Musk apparently um, emailing special people um, to offer them free bitcoins. Um, and do you think who would ever fall for that? Um, why would Elon Musk, daft though he is, why would he email you and offer you some freebie? You know, but you know, so so those ones, yeah, you just you kind of laugh. Yeah. Although there's probably somebody applied, but um, but generally you can laugh at those. And some of the literature in the websites do look very glossy and very official, don't they? Very professional. They are, and um, you know, mimicry is is great. Um, and online, there's more of it. Um, you know, and there's more fake sites, and my goodness, they're they're really good. Um, and I did an article a wee while ago with with um, one that was um, a, a scam using Cadbury's, and it was perfect. You know, it was absolutely perfect, but it was a scam, and all it was offering was a basket of chocolate. But what it was doing behind the scenes was collecting everybody's personal data. Um, and we're all too keen to give away our personal data. We'll give away data for, for a song. Literally Maybe we should introduce a value for data. And every time somebody wants your data, they have to pay you for it, you know, give you royalties for your data. That would stop a lot of that. Mm. That was thinking on the hoof. It's not very clever, but uh, yes. <laughs> well, I suppose it would stop the low-level scams. But I, I guess thinking about pension scams, some of the values involved are are significant, aren't they? They're literally Absolutely. people's life savings. So yeah, I guess the problem that, that's with that why is it's that attractive. It's worth it. That's why it's attractive because you can make a lot of money with very little effort. You don't even have to make up a basket of chocolate. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you so much okay? for coming along. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you so much good, for coming to talk to us. Um, so, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening uh, today. Thank you again to Margaret. Thank you, Rachel, for your help as well. Um, and we'll see you next time on the broadcast.